Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, live from the Boogie Down Bronx. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about the programming language Golang. I'm going to call it right now, Golang is the compiled programming language for the people. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> that's what I'm naming it. That's, 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 that's what the it new tagline. Yeah. Programming language for the people. There you go. Dave has had the opportunity to pick up Go and actually been using it for quite some time. And we thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to talk about this programming language. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like one of those programming languages where everybody who picks it up or like, you know, there's always like one or two people are like, oh my God, this is the coolest programming language ever. <laughs> like, you know, maybe it's like Clojure or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's always it's Clojure. Like, it's like Clojure, Go, I don't know, maybe Haskell. <laughs> Elixir could get that Elixir, from some people. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, okay, like you see some place that's hiring for it and the people who are like going for that job are like self-selecting or like they don't know go but they have to learn mm-hmm. it on the job so that's kind of like the situation that i found myself in where it's like hey like we have chosen to use go as a company to replace like some older python services which is like a common migration path where people are like okay we're using python and in this case like python 2 which is like no longer support it so it's like okay like we like the simplicity of python but we want something that's like cooler than Mm -hmm. python which you know python's the second coolest language for anything (laughs) so it's like pretty easy to find the first coolest language for something oh yeah oh yeah yeah and like so go is a fun choice for that Oh, awesome. Yeah. So like normally you go from like Java project and then they want to do it in Python and then they find out that Python can't cut it. So then goes the next level. It's the next tier. <laughs> Before you right. know it, you're probably writing in C like at the last programming like yeah, effort for this right. project. Yeah. Go is like, yeah, over 9,000. Not like final form maybe, but it's like pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. So um, I think Go's relatively new right started in like development for this language started in 2007 announced in 2009 and actually version one was in 2012 so it was like a baby yeah pretty new like you know python java like even ruby have been around since the 90s so it's a pretty recent thing but like the people who built the language i mean there's some pretty big brain smart people like Rob Pike, Ken Thompson, and mm-hmm. Rob Griesmer. But I'm not like, I don't follow them on Twitter or anything, but, you know, just a cursory glance of like the things they've done. They're like Xbell Labs people who have been involved in things like development of Unix and like development of programming languages like yeah. b which like, <laughs> is the precursor to c which is like i didn't even know that was a thing yeah but, but b is a thing of course i think a is a thing too i think i remember reading that like a was some influence on the development of python as a language so. oh wow <laughs> yeah you got a b Just, and c right <laughs> there you go i guess they kind of got some things right with c it's not people's like favorite languages like pointers always kind of like are pretty scary i guess yeah 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like you get that in computer science classes all the time. And it was a headache for a lot of people, myself included. Right. Yeah. Just blowing up memory addresses and stuff. But like, so Go kind of like takes a lot of things out of C where it's like, oh, if you love this feature in C, you'll love this in Go even more. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, there was not much about like, you know, doing a homework assignment in C that I loved, but you know, I kind of get it. Like you have some like core features that are really powerful in C and Go kind of tries to give you those things in a more friendly and like less foot gunny mm-hmm. approach where you know you won't shoot yourself in the foot oh yeah i'm surprised i still have feet <laughs> from how to do homework and see in c++ i know one big thing for people who are interested in learning a new programming language would be the community like how was it learning go as a new programming language for you like was the community hostile or hostile like you know you go to a java forum bro and they will eat you alive oh you have like a silly question oh destroy (laughs) yeah how was go for you i mean i think it's just generally like pretty friendly like people are very enthusiastic and they want to like grow the community i guess it's kind of like an underdog since it's pretty new on the scene but you know someone recommended to me like a video about like concurrency in go concurrency patterns in go that's like one of the things that like is really popular with go Mm. like doing things concurrently i watched the talk and it was like oh this is actually a really fun talk (laughs) like i i kind of don't often like find myself watching talks for fun but i watched like a couple of hours of talks from different conferences and people are like really excited about it and i've found a lot of good resources like besides the standard ones that I think we've talked about before on the show, like where like reaching for like learn X and Y minutes where yeah. it's just like a cheat sheet of all the things and awesome lists. Yeah. There's also really good documentation for Go, like starting from Effective Go, which yeah. I guess the echoes of like, you know, Effective Java and all of those other things. But really good overview as somebody who like already has a background in programming, like what might be considered good coding in Go. So it's all pretty solid. And also it's a bit more opinionated for the tooling as well. Yeah, I think if I recall correctly, I had a project that had like a Go backend. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty scary for me to like jump in to like add my new feature, you mm-hmm. know, hashtag full stack. Uh, <laughs> but I had no idea what I was doing in Go. <laughs> but one thing was for sure is that it was like there is one way you do things and things are extremely opinionated. Like it'll run a linter and everything is fine. But like don't try to go off the beaten path to do your own thing. Go on, allow it. Yeah, you've got like Go Lint go fmt go test go mod they're all like kind of built into it so you don't have to think about it very much it's all kind of there and i remember when i first started i had some like linter complain about like it was like uh stuttering so like i had Mm. a module that was called job and then i had like thing i've defined in that module called job definition Mm -hmm. and it was like hey 
this name is stuttering because it's going to be job dot job definition. Oh my gosh. It was like, no, you can't have that. And then so I looked to see how I could disable this lint because I didn't care. Yeah. But there's no way to disable it. <laughs> so I was like, fine, yeah, you win. Yeah. yeah, bro, stop stuttering. Like, get your, right. get your um, speech together. Really deep cut, you know? Yeah, like, like come on, man. That's amazing, though. I imagine when you wrote that method, like, you didn't, like, think twice. Like, oh, job, that job definition. That's fine. It's going to run the method I wanted to do. And it's like, no. We don't want that. <laughs> yeah, right. We have higher standards than you. <laughs> yeah. So stop that right now. Change that definition. There you go. Right. That's crazy, though. I didn't know that Linter went that far. I knew it was like there were spaces and stuff involved. But, like, checking out stuttering is like... Well, is pretty cool. And yeah, go format will also like fix your spacing and all of that good stuff, like, you know, prettier and other awesome tools like black for Python. But like another like thing that I don't believe is configurable, but you know, they in the great like tabs versus spaces debate, which I think we like kind of had one time and we kind of settled it. Right. It was like, okay, like we generally like spaces. Yes. But I was like, no, you're using tabs now. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. Cause it's just, you know, I guess more efficient and wait, is tab less like bytes taken because it's a character and not like, a space character i guess so yeah oh wow come and on go <laughs> what's wrong with you more configurable i don't know it's a thing it's a thing yeah so i think this actually leads into a very uh an interesting topic because go compiles into machine code right oh yeah which is probably why it uses tabs because tabs is probably a character that takes less memory than like two spaces and it's like no that's for you to look at as a person but computers don't care we're gonna change it to tabs to make it easier i guess <laughs> i don't know i don't I know mean, like, it's really interesting i mean like it's compiled to machine code so like all those spaces and stuff you know doesn't matter if it's a space or a tab it's all going away in the end because it's not like you know python where it's like white space significant like they use curly mm -hmm. brackets because, you know, if you love curly brackets and C, then you'll love them and go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I didn't realize that, like C, it's actually compiled to, like, the target architecture of your machine. So, like, if I compile the code on a Mac, then it's targeted to a Mac versus yeah. a Windows machine or whatever. So or a Unix machine, maybe even what about like IoT devices that also like would compile into those things? Yeah, I guess so. I haven't messed with that much, but um you know, it is something that like is a bit different like coming from a Java background where that's like compiled to bytecode that you can kind of like plop wherever you need to plop it and it'll largely work. Or something like Python, where you don't have to worry about like hitting compile. It's just kind of like figured out on the fly. So yeah, like Java uses like the JVM, and Python probably has like the interpreter that would run the app on the Python layer, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like also kind of having some kind of virtual machine too, but like a little more loosey goosey. But 
yeah, so I thought, you know, it's compiled, so it's going to be slow, but it's actually pretty fast. Like, you don't even really think about it. It's more the Docker builds that kill me than the Go stuff. <laughs> like, you know, Docker is just brutal sometimes. Oh, yeah. Do- I mean, Docker is brutal for anyone who uses it for anything. It's just... <laughs> Be using Docker right now, I'm sorry. And I imagine that you're probably not listening to this as you're running a Docker instance because that would be crazy and your computer would be frying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I stopped Docker before we started recording. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, my battery would be gone now. Exactly. You would hear the fans revving up. My <laughs> laptop would go to space. It would oh, be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it would be crazy. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> like you were before. We're yeah, doing exactly. a remote recording, and Mike was using the uh, Zoom background feature. Wow! Yeah, it's so advanced. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was an outer space. <laughs> yeah, I had the outer space picture, and it was going out of space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think if we want to ignite another fight, as we did before with tabs versus spaces, how does GoLang deal with the uh, composition versus inheritance? Is that a thing that is debatable? in go i mean like a lot of things in go i think they were just like they designed the language so that there were as few ways for you to shoot yourself in the foot as possible so they made a pretty strong stance against inheritance at all so there's really not any classes Mm -hmm. per se you just define interfaces you can compose things with those like you know, compose structures of data mm. or structs. Like, so yeah. it's like very C. Yeah, it sounds pretty C. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you can't do inheritance at all. It's not even built into the language. Yeah, not even an option. Wow. But like using interfaces is pretty powerful. And if you, you know, apply some design patterns with that, then mm. you can get pretty far without having inheritance and it's generally easier to test and reason about and sometimes you end up in a place where you have some duplicated code but that's okay that's okay Eh, you'll try (laughs) it later right like another (laughs) kind of foot gun that's like a little bit controversial that go took a hard stance against is how they handle errors oh interesting so like in most languages you can just throw an error yeah. And then, you know, just move on with your life. Like you don't have to <laughs> worry about like what's happening with that. Yeah. Wait, so like in Go, if you like throw an error, there's like the machine fry, like what's happening? Well like so like in Python, you could just throw an error and mm-hmm. it could bubble up, you know, however many layers of the stack. Like it could go all the way to the top of the stack and right. you know crash if you don't like catch the error in go it's actually not possible to like implicitly have an error bubble up the stack like because you actually need to define basically the error as a return value that oh. you have to check so every single time you call a function that returns a value or return an error you normally have like a value and an error as like a tuple that you like unpack and you have to check the error to make sure it went okay and then you can proceed. So there's like a bit of boilerplate around that. Oh, interesting. But it is like very explicit. So there is like, I guess, also some strict ruling on how 
you handle errors. Like, as you mentioned before, you can't just like throw it and let the top of the stack give you out of bounds exception or some craziness, for example. When you have an error, like you have to, if your method can return an error, then you have to deal with it right then and there. Yeah, you can ignore it also, but like you just, the program has to be correct and that's all it is. Like you can still, you can cause the system to die if you like call it panic, but Mm. that's going to be a really explicit choice from Mm. you and you know, returning an error is not going to cause that to happen. Right. Ignoring errors. That's what I do every day in life. That's the way to go. <laughs> Just catch them and pass. <laughs> Just catch them double A. Don't worry about it. Life goes on. <laughs> I know there is a thing called Go routines. And I think that people who use Go often say that Go routines are awesome. Do you know what is a Go routine? So basically a Go routine is a concurrency primitive. Mm. So, like in Java, you would have a thread and Mm -hmm. manage those threads in a thread pool. And, you know, if they're sharing memory, you'd have like locks and mutexes and things like that. Those are all like kind of concurrency primitives in Mm. Go. Like if you want to do something in an asynchronous way, then you have a keyword, Go. It's literally just go, and then you call any <laughs> function, and then that function goes off into its own happy place. Oh, man. And executes asynchronously. Oh, wow. And this can be applied to any function that you write. You just If you put go in front of it, then it knows that that function runs asynchronous. Yeah, and it's going to take care of like managing the memory as well for that, and... It'll also manage the pooling of threads and processes and things like that. So like in Python, if you want to do like lots of processing, you have the global interpreter lock in Mm -hmm. the one thread. So you can only execute one instruction at a time. Right. So you would often like scale up to be multiple processes. But you'd always have to be like very explicit about that or use a framework that would do that for you whereas in go like it's going to use both threads and processes and manage that like for you so you don't have to think about it that sounds amazing i think as you mentioned before if you love this feature in c you'll love this in go it's probably (laughs) one of those uh examples of that where (laughs) memory management is like handled for you when you run these go routines well yeah i mean i think that's like the one thing in c that is really painful is the mm-hmm. memory management aspect because like it's not garbage collected right you have to like do mallocs and like collect the memory back and you know worry about like if the pointer that you have is actually pointing to the right thing that makes sense so go is like garbage collected so it has a lot of that like more modern like comfort of like not having to think about like grabbing so many bytes for a string or for an integer Mm -hmm. or whatever but like most things by default in go are going to be values instead of pointers right more like references Mm -hmm. so like in python most things are objects which are tracked by reference so you're really just like passing references around everywhere and you know if an object or 
whatever is modified, mm-hmm. then that's going to carry over and right. mutate everywhere. There's like some complexity around that with like pooling of constants and, you know, values like integers and strings and whatever that, you know, <laughs> it could be yeah. its own kind yeah, of talk, but like, yeah, the, that's its own thing. But the main thing is that like when I pass like something that looks like an object by default, it's going to copy all the values over, which kind of like nudges you more in the direction of like memory safety even though right. it could be like a bit of an overhead to mm. copy something that's like really deeply nested, but it's more safe if you like give a copy of all that memory to your asynchronous process than if you share memory. Cause if you share memory, you have to worry about mutexes and locks and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I guess just like go is one less shooting of the foot to be able to maintain all that for you. But as they do that, you as the developer has to keep up with like best practices so that you don't like end up copying multiple nested objects and whatnot. Right. When you're building something. So like Python has the snake and Ruby has like the big red gem. Oh, big money. Yeah, the big money. Go has a gopher? Is that derived from anything or I have no idea. I mean it's really cute. I don't often see people with like you know big red gems or like snakes like plush <laughs> snakes that they're like hanging out with cuz they really yeah. love Ruby or Python, but Right. You know, I started like following like the Golang subreddit and people love that gopher like Everybody oh, has all these like little plushy gophers and yeah. so cute. Yeah, he's a pretty cute little gopher. I always thought that part of the reason why there was the gopher is because of the way you assign variables is like the colon equals that looks like the eyes of the gopher and then like the teeth afterwards. And it's like <laughs> you're constantly writing the gopher on your code, which is oh. pretty dope. Oh man. Didn't think about that, but now I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna see that. Like they just did a, a PR <laughs> Or a big change for Python to add this operator, the colon and equals. But they were calling it like a walrus. Maybe they were trying to like avoid like the copyright infringement or something. Yeah, because that looks like a walrus too with the big teeth and the equal sign maybe. (laughs) That's a thing. I like that idea of like it being a gopher that's like popping around your code. Yeah, so he's all over the place being assigned to different variables and boop, boop, boop. Gophers everywhere. Just very busy. <laughs> very busy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're out there and listening to this, thinking about a programming language to learn, it seems like Go has a lot of, I'm going to say like guardrails to keep like best practices in a compiled machine code programming language. That sounds pretty good. I mean, like I said before, it's the compiled programming language of the people. So I'm going to kind of spread that around. <laughs> What does that make C? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, it's your worst nightmare. I don't, I don't know. It's not for Hope. the people. It's not for the people. It's definitely not for the people. Unlike Go, goes for the people. The co- <laughs> there you go. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit, so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, 
and me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.